Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Father, we just come to you tonight. You are the God of miracles. You are the God of miracles. You have shown yourself faithful to that promise and that word to us. And we're so grateful for it. We're so thankful for it. Thank you, Father, for the words of our testimony. Thank you for the words of our testimony. We worship you tonight. We thank you tonight. We honor you tonight. We enter into your presence tonight. We come expecting, expecting tonight. We thank you, Father, your precious name. Amen. Amen. Before we close out this time of worship, I really felt led as I was as we were singing that last song, that collectively, corporately, as a church tonight, we need to pray for the lost of our city. And we need to pray for those who are in physical pain and who are hurting and are desperate for an answer in their life. And they've turned every which way to every doctor, to every avenue, to every worldly solution. And I just want to pray for them tonight that the touch of God the Father will bring life to their bodies and that they will come to know you through that healing. So let's just continue this atmosphere of worship. Let's just pray for the lost of our city. And pray for those who are in physical need in our city tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Church, tonight as we're praying, I just had this sense that each one of us standing here tonight is representing, is representing a thousand people of this city. A thousand people of this city is being represented. That they will come to know you they will come to know you within a calendar year. And I don't know how many people are here tonight, but it's got to be at least 30 or more. And so, Father, we are praying for a harvest, an abundant harvest of souls, of thousands of people to come to know you. They don't have to come to this church. We just want them to be planted in a church community wherever you're calling them. We pray that then that number begins to multiply and multiply and multiply as we see this city completely transformed by your love, by your goodness, by your faithfulness. The name of Jesus shall reign over Erie, Pennsylvania. The name of Jesus shall reign over Erie, Pennsylvania. We thank you for the harvest. We thank you that every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow at that beautiful name of Jesus. 
We thank you for it. Praise your name. Praise your name. Father, prepare us for this harvest. Lord, there are things we need to get in order in this church. As this harvest is coming, Father, help us to get those in order. Whatever we need to do as a congregation, we're submitting to you. We're ready and willing to do it. For we will not rest. We will not rest until all come to the knowledge of you. We call your will to this earth. And your will is that none shall perish without knowing you. So Father, we do your will in the space you gave us, with the influence you gave us. And we will intercede tonight, and we will share the gospel tomorrow. We will do what you've called us to do, to reach this city. We thank you for the harvest. We thank you for preparing the laborers, even as we pray tonight, for the reaping of that harvest. Father, we thank you for new church plants in Erie, Pennsylvania. We thank you, Father, you are burning a desire in the hearts of people even tonight to be planting new churches to reach the people of this city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Every home. That's right. Every home be a church on fire for you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. Yes, Father. Thank you for these families. Thank you for these families. Thank you, Father God. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Father, we lift up marriages tonight to you the marriages and relationships of this church to you tonight. We call them healthy. We call them whole. We call for unity. We call for peace. We thank you for it. Strengthening of relationships. Strengthening of marriages. Mm. Thank you, Father. Better together. Better together. We are better together. We are better together. Praise your name. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you. Father, as we close out this time of worship, we thank you what you're doing. We thank you what you're doing tonight. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in our hearts. Thank you for changing us, molding us, shaping us. Father, we're clay in your hands tonight. You mold us. You shape us to do and to be what you want us to do and what you want us to be. Praise your name tonight. We praise your name tonight. Wonderful name. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Jesus' name we pray tonight. Everyone says, Amen. Amen. We'll turn around and greet somebody, say hello, and say welcome.
Well, each Wednesday night's always a little bit unique, is it not? It's okay. Whatever the Spirit wants to do, we're going to be okay with that. All right. Well, open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. Go to 1 John chapter 2. Last week we we uh, spent some time in 1 John chapter 1. I want to kind of pick up where we left off. And I just want to do a little short exhortation here on uh, 1 John chapter 2. And then we'll go into a little bit more time of prayer uh, towards the end. And then we'll kind of wrap it up. But, you know, I do a, fu- a little funny story. Maybe I'll share this on Sunday too. But everybody, does anybody know Noel? My, one of my little ones, Noel. Oh, my goodness. So this girl, she is a trip. She is like a butterfly, man. She's just buzzing all around, just floating around all the time. Well, she is a lot like me, and she gets the lyrics of worship songs a little mixed up. And I do this, too. Ask my children and my wife. So Pastor Liz, she couldn't be here tonight. So Lila was not feeling well. So in our prayers tonight, we've got to pray for Lila, too. Just some stomach issues. She's healed in the name of the Lord. And so I'm looking forward to that testimony when I get home uh, tonight. But uh, she's at home with Lila tonight. But Noel, we were in the car. And if you guys know the song, Jesus, Jesus, You Make the Darkness Tremble. Yeah. Okay, you guys know this song? So I think, we've, Russ, we've sung this a couple times at church, maybe even this weekend. I think it's coming up, uh, possibly. So Noel's verbiage, this is how she hears it. Jesus, Jesus, you make the chocolate tumble. And I'm just like, what? I said, say that again? She's like, Jesus, Jesus, you make the chocolate tumble. Like, where on earth did you get that from? So apparently there's chocolate in her house. And her being number seven of eight children, I think she probably tumbles quite a bit as there's kids running around the house. But I thought I'd share that with you. She is a trip. She's so much fun to be around. And if you get to know her a little bit. Boy, keep up, man. Get your running shoes on as she's moving around. All right, First John chapter 2. It says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And so what things were written? Well, let's just backtrack just for a second to last week. We spent some time in chapter 1. We talked about walking in the light. Walking in the light. So he's sharing these things with us so that we might not sin. And in order for us to not sin, we need to understand what sin is. We need to be exposed sometimes, which is sometimes painful. And that light illuminates the darkness in our life. And that light begins to expose things that sometimes we wish weren't exposed. And we talked last week about some excavation and the excavation process. And how sometimes it's just, you know, it's going along. Sometimes it's a little bit easy. You're just taking that first level off. And then you get to one of those big boulders, those big rocks that are in there. And sometimes that's a little bit harder to get out. But what he's saying here to us is he wants us to continue to be working in and on our lives and on our spiritual walk. And I think too, too often the church either goes one way or the other. We go too far and say, well... This, we've got grace, we've got grace, we've got grace for everything, and you know, we're just going to believe in faith and all these things, and we totally, 100% believe all of that. 
But there's also a sense of a process of sanctification in our lives as we're working towards being refined and becoming more and more like Jesus. He wants us to be more like him this year than we were last year. And sometimes we look, and I look at myself like, wait a second, I'm in my 40s. I've been saved since I'm five. Like, whoa, I've had 37 years of work at this, and I I need to continue to, I mean, I got, let's see, if I'm in 97 to 100 and some before, I mean, I got years to go here. This is a journey. This is a journey. And church, I want to encourage you tonight that this is not a sprint. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Anybody ever run a marathon? Anybody ever had time running a marathon? Okay, I should put my hand down because I didn't either. So in high school, I was a sprinter. I was, I was on the football team, baseball team. They asked me to run track. I could run from here to there probably faster than mostly anybody in here. It's just what I could do, except for maybe Uncle Bill. I think he was a sprinter too. So I could probably get from here here faster than anybody except for Bill Carell. However, if you were to extend how far I needed to run by, by another maybe 30, 40 yards, I'd be winded, I would be done. I wouldn't be able to keep running. And too often we think of our spiritual life, our spiritual walk with the Lord, as we're just going to sprint. Okay, I have to get this fixed. I'm going to go from here to there as fast as I can to get it fixed. And we begin to lose heart. Maybe something doesn't change as fast in our life. Maybe we're struggling with something and we don't, we don't see the victory immediately over that. We're praying for healing in our life and we don't have a supernatural, miraculous healing immediately physically. Although that is possible, we know that that happens often and we believe for it each and every time that we pray for healing. And there's many of you in here who have had supernatural healings immediately, me included. Now i got both hands up. I've had shoulders and abdomens and all kinds of stuff miraculously healed instantaneously. But we have to remember this is a journey. This is a marathon. Marathon is 26 point some miles. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Whoever runs that far is ridiculous. But I don't know how they do it. But what do they do? They train for it. They work on it. They look at every avenue of their life and they begin preparation for it. And that's what we're talking about here, is when God shows us light and exposes light on us, he's working on us because he knows it's a marathon. He knows it's a marathon, and he's working in us and through us over the course of many, 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 many years. And he wants to continue to work on us, continue to do that for us. So then it says, so if anyone sins, he is an advocate. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Because, you know what? <clears throat> we are all going to sin. The Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all have sinned, each and every one of us. And you know what? Mostly all of us potentially may even sin tomorrow. That's just saying. Maybe even tonight before you get home. My wife is not here. I got to take the kids that I did bring, which happens to be all the little ones, get them in the van and get them home without a whole lot of help. Now, you guys want to pray and intercede for something tonight. You should pray for your pastor heading out home without a whole lot of help. But you see what I'm saying is we have a challenge all the time in front of us. But thank 
you God for Jesus, your son that you sent to be our redeemer, to stand in our place. I'm so excited about the water baptisms that's coming up. Man, we've been playing in this service. We've been getting so excited about it. It's crazy. We're just like, we are just excited about this. And we're going to make this, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be the best water baptism service this church ever had. And I don't even know all the details of what's happening yet. I don't know how many people are getting baptized, but it is going to be awesome. We're excited about it. And I'm excited about Easter Sunday as well. I'm excited this place is going to be full. Like I'm talking standing room only, praise the Lord. We are calling people in to hear the gospel message so they can receive Jesus and start a walk with him. This is what we're excited about. So thank you, God, for Jesus. Verse 2 says, And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours, but only, but also for all of the world. The entire world. Not just Erie, Pennsylvania. That's where he's called us. That's where he's planned. The entire world. New Zealand. Oh, my gosh. Every country needs Jesus. He paid it all. It says in the Passion Translation that he is the atoning sacrifice. The atoning sacrifice. So we, as a church... We have to go tell the world. We are his hands and feet. We are the laborers. Church, we are the laborers. We're praying and calling forth laborers. Sometimes we need to put a mirror up in the front of our prayer and say, Lord, bring the harvest, bring the laborers. Like, let's look at ourselves sometimes when that is. No, the Lord has been challenging me. How many people am I personally as the pastor of this church, inviting and working and praying for and drawing into the body of Christ. I need to lead by example. I need to be doing this as much or more as you guys are. This is what I need to be doing as well. Each and every one of us. And what I realized here, and I mean, I've realized this before, but it's not just in speech, but it's in action as well. A whole lot of preaching with no love doesn't get very far. But when you take the word of God and you put that on a foundation of love because you care for that person and you love that person and you have a relationship with that person and then the word of God, you can speak into their lives and they can be receptive to it and open to it and their life can be changed forever. We need to speak the truth in love. Speak it in love. That means even as we're saying it, it needs to be spoken in love. So why the truth in love? So let's look at where that context is. It comes from Ephesians 4. Just for a minute, I don't have that scripture up, but it starts in verse 14. You guys need to go there or you know, move it on your app or just, just listen to me as I read it. Is that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. We are God's hands and feet. We need to be bringing the truth, but we need to be bringing it in love. Why? So that they may grow up in the things of him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together 
by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. The reason we're doing this, we speak the truth in love to bring people in so that the entire body of the church is operating in its fullest, in its greatest capacity. There is somebody that needs to be in this church that needs to fulfill a need somewhere in kids' ministry that they are called to do. But unless we reach them and minister to them and share truth and love with them and reach them with the gospel message, how can they be serving those kids? They can't. We have to do our job. This is what it's saying here. To bring the body of Christ together. Every part working together. The whole body working together. What does it do? It causes growth for the body. For the edifying of itself in love. Causes growth in the body. Sharing truth in love. And the verses before that says, you know, talks about the, the five offices or the five, you know, gifting or the office giftings in the church that we are to train those up. But I believe that in training up, I actually have to do it with you. You know, you ever train up a child in the way they should go? Yeah? How do you actually do that? How do you actually do that? It's by example. When we train up a child in how they should go, it should be by example. It's first, watch me do it. And then let me do it with you. And now you can do it on your own. This is how we train up. Watch me do it. Let me do it with you. This is the discipleship process. And each and every one of you should be having somebody in your life that we're discipling, that we're working on. Praise the Lord. With his help. With his help. It says verse 3. Now, by this we know. I'm back to uh, 1 John chapter 2, sorry. uh, Verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commands. Oh, man, why do things have to be written like this in the Bible? (laughs) You're just like, come on, really? Where's all like the happy scriptures that just says everything's going to work to good for those who love him? Like we like those. Those are good. Like we just want to talk about those a lot. But what about this one? Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commands. Oh my goodness, what are his commands? Matthew 22 says, they asked him the question, what are the greatest commandments? What are the biggest commandments? What shall we do? Like, how do we, there's so many things, what do I do? There's the Ten Commandments, there's all these rules and laws, what am I supposed to go do? And Jesus says this, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. Let us do this. Let us do this first, because unless you do this, the rest of it is not possible. The rest of it's not possible. You can't, thinking about, oh, I don't want to cheat, I don't want to steal, I don't want to lie, I don't want to fear, I don't want to be in worry, I don't want all these other things the Lord has commanded us not to do because he loves us and he cares for us and he wants us to live victorious lives and he knows we have to break those things but unless you do this one this is why it's the greatest commandment unless you do this you cannot do the rest this is the first and greatest commandment and the second one is like it love your neighbor as yourself all the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments love your neighbor as yourself again we want to break the power of sin in our life 
We have to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength. And we have to love our neighbor. When we're focused on ourselves and only about us, I mean, we get ourselves wrapped up in sin. That's a sin in and of itself, is thinking and worrying only about ourselves. Like, we've already sinned. Like, oh, I didn't even get out of the starting gate yet. We're repenting for that. So this is what Jesus is teaching us. Here, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so if you start doing some study of the New Testament, and really, well, by study, I Googled this, okay? So cut me a little bit of break. This was just a quick Google search of how many commands that Jesus gave us in the New Testament. Like, how many are there? I got 49 on one website, 38 on the other. Like, man, who's, what Bible are they reading? They're 11 off. And of course, they were very similar. And they were talking about different things. And one that had 38, like the guy who did 49, split it into two of them. So I'm not going to read all of those to you. But a couple of these, stand, they, they just stood out to me. That I really feel like even this evening, as we're about to go back into a time of prayer, that this one is for somebody here tonight, and maybe even including myself. And it comes out of Mark, out of Mark 11, 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. We want to root sin out of our lives. We want to root disease out of our life. We want to root sickness out of our life. We have to forgive. We have to be a people that forgive. You cannot love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and love your neighbors and not forgive. We have to do these things. We have to forgive. And maybe the Lord's putting someone on your heart tonight that says, this is the person I need to forgive. Let's just take a minute. Let's take a minute and just ask the Lord to show us. Because I believe so often, sometimes our prayers get blocked or get hindered because we're standing in unforgiveness. Father, who is it tonight in my own life? Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Some of the other things, that, some of these other commands, remain in me. Let your light shine. Settle matters quickly. Church, settle matters. Don't let them go on and on and on. If there's an offense, if you've been offended, if you, if you know that you offended somebody else, go to them. Resolve it. Use Matthew 18. Use the word of God to help get this resolution. If you can't get resolution, take a third party with you. Get resolution. Do not allow disunity in your relationships. Do not allow it in this church. Come on. We can't allow it in this church. We need to get rid of things that cause us to sin. Man, you know the Bible talks about taking your eye out if you have trouble. A lot of us probably should take our eyes out. I know I'm not telling you seriously, don't do that. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, like the, the word, he is so serious about this stuff. If there's something that's causing you to trip up, get it out of your life with everything that you can. 
And it goes on and on. I'm not going to read all of those. Verse 4 says, He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commands is a liar. I know this is, this is a lot of, this is not one of the amen sermons. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, when you're, you know, you're going to school, you're like, you're learning theology. Like, this is not the amen sermon. This is the, this is one of the tougher ones. It's all, it's still truth. It's still truth. Does not keep his commands. He is a liar and the truth is not in him. Oh, we have to pursue him. We have to pursue him with all we are. Don't settle for where we're at. Wow, I've been, I'm a mature Christian. I've been through this. No, don't settle for where you're at. Continue to go deeper. Continue to go deeper. Continue to go deeper. This means, what he's saying is that we should or must see evidence of a life that is changed when we've made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Well, how can we keep all these commands? This is not even possible. What should we supposed to go do? Well, if we sin which we will, we repent. We ask for forgiveness. We turn from that sin. Verse 5 says, But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Keeping his commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. As we keep those commands, truly the love of God is then perfecting us. And by this we know that we are in him. We can walk in him each and every day in what he has for us. How do we do that? How do we physically do that? We have to be committed to transforming our mind through the word of God. We have to transform our minds. We are inundated day after day, hour after hour, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or the news or whether doesn't matter what news you watch, either it's Fox News or CNN or whatever spectrum in between that you are watching the news, we are inundated with information that is not from the Word of God. And in order to transform our minds, to renew our minds, we have to be writing the words around our necks, around our doorposts. In Deuteronomy, it tells us all the places we should put it. Put scripture up in your house. That's not crazy. That's not weird. Put no cards around. We've got no cards in our house. Like they're just posted different places. Put the word of God up in your house. You can see it each and every day. It just rem- you just get to remind, you're reminded by it. You know, there's, there's a scientific, I'll end with this, there's a scientific study that says the pathway of our thinking, that when we react a certain way to a certain circumstance, The more often we do that, the more often that becomes our natural reaction to a circumstance. And so when we react in fear on something, the more we do, the more times we react in fear, it's like like paving a highway. It starts with like a dirt road, and then it just becomes some gravel, and then it becomes a smooth road, then it becomes a highway, and it's like the first reaction is just going down this highway. We have to intentionally say, I will not take that road. I will take the road of the word of God. This is how I'm going to deal with this situation. And that's what it means by transforming, literally, our mind. See, it doesn't say transform your spirit. Our spirit is transformed, has been transformed by what Jesus has done. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. So what do we have to do? We don't have to renew our spirit. We have to renew this, the flesh, the body, the stuff that is struggling day in and day out. We have to renew that mind. And by doing that, we have to let the spirit man take control. 
Say, this is how I'm going to react to this situation and get the word of God on the inside. So I'm going to end there for this evening. And I just want, if you guys can just stand with me again, we're going to have just a time of, time of prayer just for about five, six minutes. We're just going to spend some time praying. Russ, you going to play for us in the background? That'd be great. And I just want tonight, whatever prayer request that you came with tonight, I want you to cast it up to him this evening. Whether it's battling with a sin, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a calling, maybe it's whatever, whatever it is. I just want you to lift it up tonight. Lift it up to him. The Bible says to cast your cares onto him, for he cares for us. He cares for us. Can we just think about that for a little bit tonight? The creator of the universe. The God of the universe who spoke all of this into existence cares for you, cares for me. So much so he sent his son to die for us to be our replacement. When we're standing in front of God the Father on the day of judgment, we have Jesus with us. And when he looks at us and sees our name in the book of life, he says, these sins, what about them? We have Jesus standing there as our intercessor. He said, I paid for this. I've paid for this. You've given us the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that, Father. To lead us, to guide us, to counsel us, to help us each and every day. So tonight as we pray, we worship you. We thank you that the all-powerful God, as you are, loves us so much, cares for us. That even some of the smallest things in our life that concern us, concern you. And so we lift them up to you tonight. Let's pray tonight just for a couple minutes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you tonight. Worship you tonight. We thank you. You're taking care of it everything that concerns us tonight. Everything that pertains to life and godliness is in your hands. Every bit of provision, everything that we need, you've got it covered. Father, let us not walk in worry. Let us not walk in worry, but let us worship while we wait. Let us not walk in worry, but worship while we wait. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you tonight.
I've read these lyrics before of this song, but I want to read them one more time tonight as we close out. It says, How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished. The end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken. I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared, the grave has no claim on me. The grave has no claim. Jesus, Jesus, yours is the victory. Praise the one who has set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. So as we close, that is our prayer tonight. We, we praise you, for you are the one who set us free. Because of what you've done, death has lost its grip on me. And I thank you, Father, that you have broken every chain and that there is salvation in your name. And we thank you for Jesus Christ, our living hope. Thank you for Jesus Christ, our living hope. And it's in that very name that we pray. In that name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. If you have a specific prayer request or need, I'll be up here. I can pray for you. Uh, Chris is up here with me. She can pray with you as well. Or anybody, you can actually turn around and find someone else to pray with you. You can do that too. Whatever you want. We'll see you on Sunday. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.